Ahoy and welcome to the February All at Sea Ocean Media Podcast with me, Gary Brown. Today we join a member of the shore crew on a guided tour of the amazing Volvo 65 Team Brunel. This boat raced around the world and finished second in the last Volvo Ocean Race. This podcast is supported by All at Sea Magazines, of which I am the editorial director, and Budget Marine, the Caribbean's largest chandlery, with stores in Antigua, Aruba, Bonaire, Curaçao, Grenada, St. Martin, French and Dutch sides, St. Thomas, Tortola and Trinidad. I'm aboard the uh, Volvo Ocean 65 Team Brunel with EJ. EJ is part of the shore crew on this incredible machine and he's kindly invited me along and uh, we're down below now looking around this boat and the first thing I have to tell you is on this Team Brunel, it's not luxury. It's absolutely basic down here and it's wide open and really it's like a man cave. What it's like at sea, I don't know. But we're going to chat to EJ right now and he's going to give us a bit more information. EJ, it's such a shock to the system when you come down here that when you realise that a whole crew of guys lived here and raced this boat around the world and they came second, I believe. Yeah, about nine legs in total to do around the world and they've been living on this boat for two, three weeks at a time, all 24-7. How many crew? There's nine people on the boat. Nine Eight people sailing and one media man. The boat is built of carbon fibre? That's correct. And what you see, all the black inside, it's pretty dark, uh, it's hot, uh, but that's what carbon does. It's light, it's, uh, it's a very sturdy material, so that's why they chose it, but uh, it's not comfortable. I can see that. What about in the Southern Ocean, in cold climes? Is the condensation everywhere? Yeah, there is, but that's in every moment you have. The sweat is going up, it's heat, it's hot, but also big temperature differences with the outside and the inside. You always have the, this rain coming from the, from the ceiling. The guys would be coming down, trying to get some sleep. Where? <laughs> Where did they sleep? Well, there's some small bunks on the both sides of the boat, as you can see, because there's always a high side of the boat, but it's always tilted. So uh, we have bunks on both sides. You always sleep on the high side weight-wise to get the more momentum in your boat to, to turn it straight on. Now you call these bunks. They don't look like bunks to me. All I'm looking at here is a piece of tubing. Yeah. You can well, alter the angle of it. And some kind of a, well, I don't know how you would describe it. It looks like a stretcher. Yeah, it is something like that. What you see now is uh, only the tube. What we're missing right now is a net in between. Um, oh, you have a net. That's luxury, eh? Yeah, you can see <laughs> one on the left side there. You see there's a net um, in between the, uh, the carbon bunks as well, carbon pipes. That's it. You can adjust the angle on, uh, on the, uh, the angle of the boat so it'll be sleeping horizontal or preferably a little bit up so you won't be thrown out during your sleep. And you have six on both sides, but there will be no more than four people sleeping at the same time. Right. But even climbing into these top bunks will be a mission looking at them. Yeah, but you can see everywhere in the boat. It's never a straight line. It's all bumpy and things, boxes in the way. you got the air engine, which is also covered with a carbon fiber box. Uh, it's, all, it's all monkey work. I'm looking at a lot of sharp edges here on everything. Nothing's been radiused like you see on a cruising boat. It's completely functional. There's nothing pretty. Well, everything is designed uh, not for comfort, but for speed. And that's the reason it's carbon fiber, because it's light? Yeah. Carbon fiber is light and it, it's hard. That's the, the reason they chose it. Volvo 65 is a one design. Uh, there were seven boats in the race. Every boat was exactly the same. So what you're seeing now, the other six boats, exactly the same. 
And I believe Volvo are going to carry these forward into the next event, which is interesting. That is correct. The boat is designed to withstand all the forces and to last for two events. That means uh, they, they, this one and all the boats will be participating in the next one is 2017-2018. Why did they cut back from the Ocean 70s to the 65s? If you do a leg or you do a Volvo Ocean race, uh, at one point the boat will deteriorate a little bit, so you'll be changing the types of boats or at least the design of the make of the boat. But what I chose now is to make it fully one design. Before this, it was a Volvo 70, five foot longer. It was a box rule, so everybody could be a little bit changing and diversing in the, uh, in the architecture of the boat. Now they chose for it to make it exactly one design. So everything is exactly the same. The boat's been built in order of Volvo, and after that, leased by every team. That's interesting, and uh, I think that's a good move because the Volvo Ocean Race, as famous and as popular as it was, the last couple of years or the last few years have seen a slight decline in interest, and I really think they need to work on getting the general public fired up again. Maybe this is the way to go. Well, what you had in the last edition of Volvo 70, there were some events where boats would sustain some damage. Uh, uh, boats were beaten too hard. What you have now is a Volvo 65 built with a safety factor, let's say, number 5. Safety factor times 5. So it's really tough. You have not seen any big problems on the boats in this event, the last event. One time, one mast had, had some damage, and that was it. Uh, but it was beaten too, too hard and the, the team was also warned in advance, okay, you're taking it too far, be careful with that. That's a risk a team takes and that could cost you or could win you a race. But now we have a very sturdy boat, figures uh, proof that the last event was the most successful one so far. With a lot of exposure, with a lot of people following it on the internet, also with the dedicated media man on every boat, delivering for at least 30 minutes every day of footage by video and everything to the audience. That helped a lot to get the people on the on the shore a good feeling of what the racing is That's all about. That's true. I know I followed it. But the boats are tough, they're hard, but the guys have got to be harder. I've seen footage of some of the injuries that these guys have sustained. Mm. There's one guy grinning as he's had a front tooth knocked out. He's got a huge gap, it's all bloody. People break their legs, their arms. I mean, I saw the guy get hit by the boom. These guys are tough. Do you want to just walk me through, walk me forward? Yeah, and we'll, for sure, uh, no problem. I'm going to try and walk forward. It's not an easy boat to climb around or walk through. I have to step up onto a box, which I assume is the keels under there. It's a canting keel, EJ tells me. The boat draws 16 feet with the keel in the midships. They have a bit of an issue certainly getting in and out of the Simpson Bay Lagoon. And uh, EJ was telling me that they have to have the mast taken out soon. They're going to do that in St Martin. going to prove very difficult, not possible to do it in the lagoon going to be done at the cruise ship dock which is exciting stuff right i'm climbing up and over the top and dropping down oh god how you do this when it's blowing 40 knots and you come down here freezing cold and wet there's no heating is there there is no heating that's correct there's absolutely <laughs> no heating you'll be heating by uh, uh exercise all right <laughs> i'm in the forward section of the boat now and uh, i guess these are sails that i'm looking at that's correct these are huge sails and I know that they're incredibly heavy, even though they're uh, exotic material, which is, you know, makes them lightweight. They're still incredibly heavy and huge, and to manoeuvre these out this hatch onto the deck so that you can change sails must be uh, a real difficult operation. Yeah, it is. It's a big job. Everybody has the same, same amount of sails. What you said is correct. It's a high-tech material, but still, it needs to sustain during the whole Volvo Ocean Race and trip around the world. So it's got a lot of reinforcement in there. Each sail is a, is, is a pretty heavy one, and you need at least four to five guys to move every sail. 
And remember, it's not just when you're changing sails that you have to lift them and move them out or in of the boat. Even when you're tacking or you're jibing, the high side of the boat, it changes. You'll have to stack the sails a little bit and you have to move material around. It's a hard job. And this is going on 24-7 and it's a race and seconds literally do count even though it's around the world race. We've seen how close these boats are together sometimes. So when you tack, you have to slap all this weight onto the high side too, eh? These guys are training for at least a year in advance and they are uh, working out in gyms early morning to late in the evening, do training during daytime. These guys are huge, these big, trained, fit guys, and that's necessary. Because you'll be doing shifts, you'll be four hours on, four hours off. But four hours off doesn't mean you can sleep for four hours. If they do a tech, which could be 20 times in four hours or more, you need to get up, help outside, or help inside move everything. So four hours of sleep is a luxury you probably won't meet during full All hands sports. on deck then. Yeah, eh? yeah. Okay, let's just go a bit further forward because I'm absolutely yeah. intrigued by this next bulkhead, <laughs> which has got hieroglyphics on it. Well, actually, it's writing. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. It's um, kids. Oh, okay. It's kids. It's all fans. We allow them to uh, to, to give a little uh, shout-out on there. It's everybody who wrote his name, wishes you the team good luck. And it's all kids with uh, just before the start of the Volvo has visited the boat and could have left a, uh, a message for the guys. It's good, oh, good, that's good fantastic. So the bulk is covered in kids' names, and it's just amazing. And that's a really nice thing to do, isn't it? Get the kids interested in this terrific event, this fantastic boat, and get them interested in sailing. I'm all for that. Please stay with us while we take a short break to mention our sponsors. This podcast is supported by All at Sea magazine. You can find All at Sea, the Caribbean's number one waterfront full-colour magazine throughout the southern and northern Caribbean island chain, the Panama Canal, the Bahamas and South Florida. You can pick up a free copy at marinas, boatyards, ship stores, yacht clubs, boaters bars and marine service providers. You can also download the entire magazine for free as a PDF by going to our website, allatsea.net. FLIR, FLIR, is the world's leader for thermal imaging. Their ownership of Raymarine allows tight integration with Raymarine multifunction displays, of which Budget Marine is the exclusive dealer in the Caribbean. For more info about Budget Marine and to view their online catalogue, visit budgetmarine.com. Dot com. Back to our feature. Now it's completely black in here. As you can hear the echo, isn't that a lovely echo? What am I looking at up here, EJ? What's, what's this? Well, this is a separate part of the bow. Uh, you see there's another part, a little bit more forward, but you can, uh, well, uh, for about four meters from here, it's the end of the boat, you know, right. 65 foot. This is a separate uh, compartment. The, the wall in here has been built also for sturdiness of the boat, so it's more sturdy. You can see here there's a door. It's a watertight door. Right. If anything hits, you're going forward always with the boat. If you're lucky, <laughs> normally, you'll be going forward. If anything hits the boat on the front side and you have a hole in a breach in your hole, water could come in. You could separate it. You could just shut the door, and this will be a watertight wall. That's standard now on all these big race boats, I believe. Yes, it's it got is. to by law. Huh? Yeah, yeah, by law. Yeah. Even if you look further raft you see that halfway yeah there's also a wall just underneath the mast you have two doors who make it watertight as well right right same thing unfortunately the watertight doors didn't do the boat on the reef any good no that happens that's a little bit of a thing you can't design to and i'll tell you a little bit more what we have here and uh, a little bit the forward part of the the middle of the boat uh, you see this big box in the middle here 
It's 1100 liters water ballast. Oh. So it's a box. We can fill up just to tilt the boat a little bit more forward or lose it to go a little bit more aft. We have the same about 800 liters ballast on the, on the aft. Just to do a little bit of tilting of the boat, you want to go through the waves, you want to over the waves, trim it like a little bit forward and aft. Now, I understand water ballast on the on port side, starboard side, but I've never heard of ballast to trim fore and aft. That's yeah. sort of amazing. We have the keel, which is half the weight of the boat, which does 40 degrees in both sides, so that will take care of the angle sideways. But forward and aft, you like to be able to play a little bit with that as well. If you go crushing down the waves with 25 or 30 knots, you'll be wanting a little bit more weight in your front to go through the waves and, uh, and instead of just being thrown back every time with the waves. And Adrian, what powers everything to make this all work? You've got masses of electronics in the navigation station, in the nav station. You've got, you've got to move this water. You've got to pump it in and out somehow. I'm sure you've got hydraulics somewhere. What runs everything? Well, there's one engine on the boat with a seal drive that drives the boat around a little bit of import when you arrive or when you take off. That is linked to two uh, dynamos, which uh, generate a lot of uh, electricity for the batteries. That will run the uh, hydraulics for the keel to be able to can the keel. Uh, that will run the water maker. That will be your energy as well for your instruments. Uh, you have to run it probably one hour a day to run the engine to uh, generate the electricity. But for the water ballast, it's just a simple physics about uh, opening a scoop, taking water in, it fills up, you close the scoop, you open it again, but then point it backwards and it empties out. It sucks it out. Amazing. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. What, what opens a scoop? Hydraulics? No, no, just manual. You push it down. Ah, uh, okay. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it's just simple But physics. is that inside the box? Uh, no, it's just outside, just on the aft. Uh, what you have here is the box and the toilet is right underneath there. Oh, okay. A little toilet, a little canting carbon toilet. Pretty fancy. There's a lot of sails on there now, so I can't really show right. you. It's got a bit of privacy. You can actually get in this ginnel hole here, and uh, you actually do your business with a little bit of privacy. Yeah. Oh, it's a little rocking there, so you need to be holding yourself yeah. pretty, pretty first sturdy. Um, otherwise, it'll be a problem. But uh, to be honest, when it's safe enough, uh, the crew will be outside and doing their uh, all their needs. Yeah, just hang it on the stern, eh? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the way to yeah. go. We're going to walk back through now and uh, have a couple more questions for EJ because I'm absolutely enthralled with this boat um, and I would love to sail on this machine. I have sailed on one of these. I've been very lucky. I know the speed that these things go at is phenomenal. We're just going to talk a little bit about the speed in a second, but first of all, we're just going to look at the galley area because EJ is pointing it out to me. There really isn't much, is there? No, there's something like what you can describe it best as three buckets, maybe, in carbon fiber. With one little crane, which uh, comes from the, uh, the freshwater water maker. Right. Uh, you got one bottle of gas just beneath there, and there's a, a little tank there which you can boil your water in. That's about it. And the food's reconstituted, it's all, yeah, all freeze no dry. No refrigeration. Freeze dried, yeah. It's and so that, that one tiny burner and that kettle has to feed nine ravenously hungry gorillas who have been out in the southern ocean freezing cold and that's what they're looking at when they come down to dine yeah for the crew this was one of the most important things of the items on the boat when they're not talking about sailing they will be talking about what we will have for dinner and what we're eating these guys were losing so much weight during and so much calories burning so much calories they can't even compete eating against it so they would have been eating all the time and of course no beer on the boat and no beer on the boat no 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 <laughs> It's interesting that we're on the dock at the St. Martin Yacht Club and just with the motion of the boat and the slap of the waves, which flat calm in the lagoon, but the waves are slapping 
under the boat and the noise is enough to uh, you know, to distract you almost what's the noise like when you're running hard in a big sea doing 28 knots yeah that's a good question well it, the boat is carbon fiber the carbon fiber is so solid so hard at every impact on the aft or on the bow it sounds through the whole boat you can feel it everywhere it's not absorbed by the hull it goes through it so there's a lot of noise a lot of banging you get used to it just so much respect for these guys who are racing these boats because all they can cook on is a one burner stove with a kettle they're sleeping in what looks like something from the Crimea war you know a, 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 a cot little more than a stretcher they're out in the freezing weather and even then when they want to sleep the noise is, is like having a jumbo jet revving up alongside of you so maybe that will give you some idea what it's like to race these boats you could add to that as well with the impact of the waves the shaking of the boat so you're always under angle there's no flat part in the boat where you can stand. Right. You'll be thrown around all the time, all the time. So you have to correct yourself all the time. You have to grab everything. Oh. Every step you make, you have to think about where you're going to put your foot next time. And it's, be, it's, it's horrendous. And yeah. every time you move, you're burning energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You explain the systems. The engine runs everything and to fully uh, keep things, uh, systems going. On most boats, people carry a huge repair kit, tools. But tools are weight. How do you keep things running? You must have some kind of uh, extensive toolkit. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that again. Of course, there's uh, there's material on the boat with spare parts. There's material on the boat to do to make repairs, carbon repairs, even when necessary. All that is on the boat, and because it's Volvo 65 one design, everybody has the same amount. So it's not a disadvantage for anybody. Everybody has the same amount, which was well thought out by Volvo. How much do you need? And better, more than less. They all are the same, so it's not a complaint anything from any team about that. Can we take a walk aft? Of course, yeah. Okay, now, I think I'm looking at... I have no idea what I'm looking at here. <laughs> well, we've got all the electronics here uh, in the middle. At this moment, we're on the right side of the boat. It's been set up to be uh, on the left side of the boat, when the, on the high side. So the whole navigation table has been twisted around to this side. So you can always sit on the high side. Uh, of the boat. The high side is so important, yeah. isn't it? Oh yeah, it's weight. It's all weight. So if you move to this side, you're crawling over the fuel tank right now. I'm crawling around in this Volvo. It's killing me. I, I don't know how these guys do it. Oh, I can see now that the seat that go. falls down yeah. and I've got the nav station in front of me. It doesn't look as dramatic as I thought it would. I thought it would be like something from Space Control. But of course, everything is incredibly high tech. It's uh, a very small area. But you're definitely going to need your um, sea legs to be down here in this tiny cramped space. There's only sitting headroom. You've got the seat and this desk in front of you, a computer, a couple of other screens. Uh, I guess the radio equipment somewhere. And uh, you have to hang on. And there's nothing on this seat to make it comfortable. If you can, It's just a bare piece of carbon fibre. That's what you park your bum on. And the same for your back. So I guess if you get a jerk in here or bounced in here... And it's just adding another bruise to already the thousands of bruises that you must already have. There really is no protection to yourself from any damage. There's nothing above me. If you catch your head on the top of a bulkhead or anything, it's not padded, it's not rounded off. You better just make sure that you, uh, you're tough to race a Volvo Ocean boat. Yeah, where we are right now is the uh, communication uh, and navigation uh, part of the boat. We have all the uh, internet and uh, satellite uh, information coming in, weather information. 
So what we have here is the, uh, the medium and the navigation uh, will be here all time. Now the medium on, they are not allowed to race to sail the boat? No, no they're not allowed to help uh, in any way with making the boat faster, uh, except for cooking. They'll be doing a lot of cooking. And uh, at Team Brunel, our media man, Stefan Koppers, he was doing all the cooking for the whole team. So he's very much appreciated. And uh, besides that, he'll be walking around with a camera and uh, a photo camera and doing the editing and sending at least 30 minutes of uh, live footage uh, every day. And all that's produced down here in this heaving boat. Remarkable that these media guys can actually do this. And it's a real good move that they're doing it too. How do the crew feel about being filmed 24 hours a day uh, that's something they will be used to during training there was a lot of programs going following the gear guys this is something that really really grows on you uh, the guys there he's also Stefan was a very gentle guy he's friends of the whole team they could make jokes he was a really motivational guy he was perfect for that for the job uh, you never see anything about sending the cameraman away because now I'm too busy, whatever. He's always in a good spot, so he's never bothering anybody and uh, sees when he has the right time for somebody who's a little bit on the downside and could do a little interview. EJ, I think we've just about been right through the boat now. I came on board intending for this interview to take 10 minutes. We're now 23 minutes into it and uh, I really don't want to edit it too much because I'd like this to go out as it is. It's just been so interesting. I'd love to show you around and tell the story about it. We'll be uh, back in 2017-2018 uh, with a new Volvo Ocean Race. We're talking now with new sponsors and we're thinking about a new team. We're here now in St. Martin to do the, uh, the Caribbean season here. Uh, we'll be uh, racing some corporate and some, uh, some business with uh, St. Martin Heineken Regatta. Uh, we'll be doing the BVI Spring Regatta. Uh, we'll be doing the Volus St. Barts. And first up now is the Caribbean 600. End of April, we'll be taking her back to the Netherlands, else she'll be getting a refit and the new sponsor colours will be put on. That's fantastic. EJ, thank you so much for sharing that here with us on the All at Sea Ocean Media podcast. It's been a really, really nice for me to come on board and see the inside of this beautiful, amazing racing machine. We wish you all the best and uh, good sailing, and I hope you enjoy the Caribbean sailing season. And a big thank you to EJ for a tour of the magnificent Volvo 65 Brunel. Now, before I cut you adrift, have you read the thriller Caribbean Deep? This is the second thriller in the Caribbean series, and it's all about human trafficking. Backed with explosive action and electrifying twists, it will keep you on edge to the final page. You can find reviews and purchase the book from Amazon.com and Amazon UK. In fact, they're available worldwide. If you prefer non-fiction, then you might like Biscay, our ultimate storm, in which my wife and I describe our seven days at sea following being dismasted, capsized and thrown overboard in hurricane force winds. This is a short e-book and will benefit anyone who is planning to sail offshore. Biscay is also available from Amazon, $2.99. If you would like more information, then please visit my website, garyebrown.net. And that wraps up our Ocean Media podcast, brought to you thanks to the support of All at Sea magazine and Budget Marine Caribbean Chandlers. If you would like to comment on the podcast, your comments would be welcome. Email oceanmedia.gb at gmail.com. That's oceanmedia.gb at gmail.com. Or contact me through my website, garyebrown.net. Until next time, safe sailing.